Hello, my finest friends. Welcome to another episode of award-winning, amazing podcast, Rahalastapa, with me, Richard Herring. Uh, this is another episode recorded at the Leicester Comedy Festival at the Y Theatre with Rebecca Wheatley from off of Casualty in the 1990s. Uh, and lots of other things as well. She's a fantastic woman, and I love her very, very much. You're going to enjoy this one. It was lots of fun. Um, don't forget, you can watch the upcoming series of Rahalastapa, including the ones that have already been recorded. Uh, if you want to see the videos, you can go to gfsboxoffice.com and buy them for £10 for two interviews. Uh, do go and check that out. Also, do check out the upcoming gigs at richardhang.com slash gigs we're at the Leicester Square Theatre there's tickets for pretty much every show maybe March the 21st might be sold out get get, get yourself on the waiting list we've got Daro Breen coming up we've got Ahmed Jalili Lazy Susan Armando Yanucci Rosie Holt and some special guests for the last shows that aren't yet booked but will be fantastic please support us by coming to the shows if you can or buying a ticket to the live streams and now let's sit back relax and enjoy a lovely Rahalastapa with the fantastic Rebecca Wheatley ladies and gentlemen welcome to the Y Theatre Leicester please welcome a man who you might not be able to spot because he's just a pile of leaves it's Richard Herring Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Hello, Lester. I still hate you. <laughs> Lovely to be here. Thank you very much for coming back. You're much better than last week's audience. Oh, they were awful. Um, welcome to Richard Herring's Lester Sucks Testicles podcast. I hate Lester. Why do I keep coming back? Why? Um, though I was uh, down at the Abbey pumping station the other day. Uh, uh, that, it really wasn't what I was hoping for, I have to tell you. <laughs> I was hoping it would be a lot of monks farting. That's what I was hoping, but it wasn't that. It was just a load of old water stuff in there. And the people there call it Rahalastapa. So that's uh, Thank you very much. Uh, oh, but while, while I remember, um, thank you very much for coming. You've got a uh, free programme for coming along, if you, if you can, dotted around on the seats. Um, sponsored uh, by the energy company Bulb. Um, <laughs> Don't don't go with them. <laughs> don't, 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 go, don't go with them. Thank you though for <laughs> I think sponsoring that program was the thing that did for them. But as it's you know, it's nice. Um, if you're interested, at the end of the uh, the show, the uh, ushers will be holding some buckets and uh, I'm making a collection for scope. I know nobody carries cash with them anymore, but if you would uh, want to uh, uh, give some money to Scope, fantastic uh, disability charity, on your way out. That would be lovely, but you don't have to. It's just a little nice free gift, and I've got about 20 boxes of them in my garage, and they're sponsored by Bulb. <laughs> <laughs> it starts to look a bit out of date, uh, but uh, that would be lovely if you wanted to do that. Oh, look, I was looking at the Leicester Mercury for, uh, yeah, for see what's going on in Leicester. It's quite exciting, actually, more than I thought. A lot of stuff that's too gruesome to talk about. But... <laughs> Well done, Lester. Uh, but uh, my favourite thing that came up on uh, the, the website uh, was an article in, in, it's entitled Five Reasons you should, have, you Should Have Sex on a First Date According to Experts. That's... that's uh, I wish I was that expert. I'd say, oh, yeah, should we, should we say, say you have to have sex? Come on, let's use that expert. You have to, you have to do it um, because... It's uh, good, for you, good for you to do it if you... 
especially if they're quite nerdy, the person you're with. And can't. So well done. <laughs> Do have sex. on. I think you should have sex on the first date. Let's get out of the way. That's what, did you have sex on the first date, you two? This is our first date. This is your first date, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> just, you should just do it. Get out. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to you because he definitely will do it if he gets the chance. There's no point in talking to him. Just get out of the way. You find out if he's any good. Uh, and then you find out if he's serious, don't you? Because if he rings back, then that's fine. You just, you just know whether you're with them. I say, go for it. Go for it. Do it straight away. What do you think? Anyone agree with that? Did you do it on your first? Did you two do it on your first date? Is this your first? If everyone's here on a first date, it's hey, don't have sex with him. He's brought you to this on the first date. This is it's astonishing that anyone who likes this podcast has had any dates at all. That's the most astonishing thing. Uh, look, let's crack on because uh, we're maybe running a little bit late. My guest this week is probably best known for her appearance as Penny Latimer in a pinch of snuff. Which sounds like it was made in the Victorian times, which it may have been. Will you please welcome the incredible Rebecca Wheatley, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is, from a pinch of snuff. Come on in. Hello. Grab a microphone. How are you doing? Do you remember it? Do you remember a pinch of snuff? Yes, because I was a, a played... Um, porn movie producer for um, snuff films. That oh, was wow. A, that was uh, led by the title there, you see. Wow, I thought it, would be, I thought it was going to be about With Hale and Pace. Hale and Pace. Hale and Pace were, um, uh, it was, um, uh, uh, they did a sort of pilot thing and it, yeah, it was Hale and Pace and they were the detectives. Oh, and I was the porn movie producer. So it's a lovely introduction, isn't it, to my yeah. personality. Um, and I've, uh, you know, and since then I've never looked back. I'm delighted. I, pl- I play poker with uh, one of Hale and Pace. I never, I can't tell them apart. One's got a moustache, right, and one hasn't got a moustache. Yes, yes. I'm no, no moustache <laughs> who I play poker with. Norman Pace, I do know his name for real, of course. Of course um, you do. He's a lovely, I haven't seen him for a little while. Have you seen Hale and Pace recently? No, I think, what, yeah, are they both alive? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Chuckle Brothers. Oh, sorry, yeah. yes. Yeah, very yeah. similar. One of them had, but they both had a moustache. They both, both moustaches. Yeah, you, see, you can't both have a moustache and a double act. You've got to be different in a double act. That's why the Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. I didn't wear my moustache today because <laughs> I didn't want to, you know. Yeah, I've got a little moustache. They would, you know, not know which is which. <laughs> so yes. how it's lovely to see you. I mainly yes. had you on because you know I haven't seen you for a little while. We used to live almost next door to each other. Yeah, you stalked me. Do you remember? I do. Yeah, you bought a a house about three times I had a little basement flat and you had like a 24 bedroom house if I remember <laughs> with a white sofa which didn't really you cho- fit your well, habits say, of you eating cho- you, cho- <laughs> you helped me choose my sofas you were very I nice I did I was very pregnant at the time yeah and not, we waddled about no that's very clear it was not <laughs> him write that down yes I did we went to John Lewis together didn't we yeah it was not, you were very helpful because I was a bit lost yeah, but you bought life. the biggest house in the whole of Shepherd's Bush. I nearly bought a house opposite you, so you're lucky I was around yeah. the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't have quite enough children at the time, but you're making up for it now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, I was planning ahead into the future. Um, so, look, I didn't know this about you. You went to a convent school. I'm sure you did. I, well. I did, yeah, yes, I went to a convent school. How did you get on there? Yes, the full navy blue knickers. You know, they used to check that you had your name in your navy blue knickers so that when you did Lord of the Dance, if you should show any of those navy blue knickers, then that would be, you know, a, a crime against God. And I haven't really stopped showing my knickers. <laughs> They're probably about the same size. Yeah, so I went to the convent. Yeah. And um, 
I quite liked it. Did you? Yeah. I didn't mind it at all, you know. It was all right. It was all right. They were, they were nice to me. They didn't quite know how to handle me, and that was always the best way, I think. Yeah. Left field, I've got them. I was always out of the classroom right. for some reason. They always just put me out. And we had a teacher once, and she wasn't a nun, and she used to, if she was trying to... Because the convert school girls were quite well-behaved, apart from me. They were quite well, And she used to look around the, the classroom and say... I can tell which one of you, by looking in your eyes, is a virgin or not. We were 16, you know, 16, and she was like that. And I'm sure she just was using it to, um, she used to go around the entire classroom, yeah. little eyes, like this. Ooh, it was, it was a whole act. Wow, it's a bit creepy. Yeah. Not like the religious Catholic people to be <laughs> creepy with amongst no, kids. No, not, not, I mean, not usual for the girls. Not the, the, nuns, the nuns are usually okay. But she had a lot of eyebrow movements, and obviously, you'd look at your friends and think she knew something godlike, and she was just wasting time in the classroom. <laughs> because she just thought, these are a lot of very boring, well behaved girls. Let's shake them up a bit. I loved her. Mrs. Yeah. Burke, I love her. She's sadly gone now. Oh. oh. I liked her because she was naughty. Did she, was, do you think she was a virgin? Oh, I don't think so at all. <laughs> <laughs> I looked in her eyes. Yeah, um, look, you're, at, you're here at the Leicester Comedy Festival. Yes. Appearing in Menopause, the musical 2. 2, because Cruise. 1 is never enough. Okay. <laughs> and you've done 1. So you've done, you've done this one. before. So tell me about this the, show. For I'll this tell you about this. Menopause. So Menopause, the musical 1, is a huge success. They have it in Las Vegas. It's constantly in, in Las Vegas. So it was a very, originally from America. And uh, we've created, well, we created it just before COVID hit. And so this tour is something that we started two years ago. And um, it got interrupted, obviously. So then we all went back with our menopause to sweat indoors instead of sweating on the good public. And, um, <laughs> and it's basically um, it's a romp, a musical romp through the menopause. And this right. is two. So the first one was just a, a musical romp that we inherited and this one was the this producer has made a new show and it's called cruising through menopause okay and uh, we're on a we're on a cruise on a boat and uh, <laughs> which is lovely plot twist yeah. and um with four different characters i you'll be, you'll be astounded to know i play the dowdiest oh. i played a, oh yeah she's very very shy um, she's very um, retiring. I honestly, this is she has nice glasses and a nice lot of headband acting. I do a lot of that, and we talk and laugh about the menopause. It's actually a very empowering, yeah, empowering. But well, this thing. seems to be something that's coming up a lot more now. It's sort of, I've seen a lot. This seems to be people are talking because it was one of those subjects that people didn't ever talk about. And then Davina McCall thought it was a really good idea that you, that women would. Um, want to talk about and indeed there's nothing wrong with Davina before you there's nothing <laughs> but actually we're all different shapes and sizes we've got the wonderful um, Chrissy Rock who's in here tonight who, you know from who was in Benidorm who's very very funny and um, the Nikki French and Susie Fennigan they're really lovely girls but we're all definitely of an age and we're definitely all different shapes and sizes I'm the biggest shape <laughs> Chrissy's the littlest shape but um I think what women really want to see, if you're going to make a comedy which is also serious in that it's, we're talking about things, we're not taking ourselves very seriously, but it is out there. Yeah. It is, we are visible, very visible. That they want to see women that look like them or <laughs> look like their mothers or look like their grandmother, whatever it is. And I think, you know, have, it is great that we now talk about it with Davina and things, 
but she is stunningly beautiful and she, you know, and she is accomplished and she is a very controlled person. I mean, I know she's had a demons in the past and you think, really, we want, you know, we want the fatties to take control, don't we? Want, we want, you know, some power. Thank you. Yes for the fatties. You should at least cheer a little bit. I mean, you're, you know. I'm, I'm up and down. I'm heading, I'm heading back up. Give us a wiggle or a woggle on that. I'm heading back up. I'm heading back. After Christmas... Yeah, I started eating chocolate again. I'm going to stop again. Stop, stop. Yeah, I'm stop. going to stop eating chocolate. Stop, stop. No, we did, but I think when I did, I did a show called Talking Cock, which is obviously was taking a, a, yes, I saw a that. subject that people don't <laughs> uh, well, don't talk about seriously. Men don't talk about it seriously. But there's, and I was also involved in a show called Grumpy Old Women, which I helped uh, script edit that Jenny did. And it's kind of it's uh, astonishing. I'm, I'm presuming you're getting a mainly female audience. But men do like this show yeah, more yeah. that because there's no there's no real men bashing. You know. When you go to a show, and I don't I haven't seen grumpy old women, but yeah. there's a lot of men bashing. This isn't men bashing. There's no. no so so men like this show. I think probably even more than menopause one, because we are literally saying, look, this is what we are. This is what we're going through. It is funny, but it is also serious. So you really, I, I, it's hard without getting too serious. It is really. You know, we can't get to decide how women feel empowered. So, you know, you go on Women's Hour and they you know, be very, very serious about the menopause. And indeed, it is a serious subject. But at the same time, when you are in, uh, you know, we play places like Edinburgh Playhouses, which is that, you know, you can have two and a half thousand women who yeah. are literally screaming um, and laughing. And by the end of particularly menopause too, there is a great feeling of bonding and of being visible at yeah. whatever size or whatever age or whatever, wherever you come from, whatever your story is. And actually intellectualising it, I don't think helps particularly. Women just want to be heard and to know that they're not going insane. This is something that is actual, actually real. Yeah. Um, and that we are in it together. And, and that's really, I think, what the what the moral of the story is. There's no, you know, don't say, oh, it's a menopausal woman, or leave her. That's the worst thing to do, <laughs> leave her, you know. It's just about, and, and when we do International Women's Day, the feeling is like being, you know, rock stars for the hormonally challenged. That's what we are. <laughs> we, that's really what it is. Menopause yeah. One had a section where the women come, are allowed to come on stage, which we always thought, as actors, oh God, it's a pain. They're going to come and they're going to not want to get off the stage, and someone will be too drunk. You're trying to keep them away from the edge. But actually, they want to tell you, even though we're just doing a little dance thing, they want to tell you their stories. They want to say, I've had breast cancer, so and so is dead, you know, has just died. My friend has just died. I have dementia. It is the problems of women that are 50 plus when they're at the time of their life when they are dealing either with grown up children or no children or you know, parents that are elderly need looking after. And then at that time, when you think things can't get worse, you have a dribbling undercarriage <laughs> <laughs> as well. And hot sweats. Yeah. And you don't want sex. Don't want sex. I know that's a shock to you. It's a shock, isn't it? It's a shock. But, you know, you don't... You need so much more effort to be a woman after all this nurturing and, yeah. and life. And then you get this, you know... And people say, oh, no, 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 you're just making it up. It's not. It's real. Anyway. No, well, it's in... Big up the menopausal, uh, you I think, know, badass women. I think it's, men should go and see it because I think men don't really, you know, no. don't know what's going on. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Uh, in fact, the, uh, the, the drunk women... Uh, my wife's in this sketch group called Drunk Women Solving Crime mm. and, um, or a podcast group, but they just did a, a sketch with Jenny Eclair about uh, 
getting the talk about the menopause in the same way as you got the talk about having periods at school, yeah, yes. which is very. But it's so it's, it's becoming at this this thing. But I think men, in the same way that as boys we didn't understand what periods were and we were kept away from that, the men are men are sort of kept in the dark a bit about the menopause. Yeah, because as well. they don't want to think that women have problems and they don't no. want to think it's 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 inconvenient. It's inconvenient, and also. Uh, particularly with the menopause and with periods and everything, it's so different for every single woman. So you can't say, oh, that's that. So, and also you don't want that kind of patronising speak where they say, oh, it's a time of the month you go. <laughs> it's yeah. not my time of the month, it's you! <laughs> <laughs> but my experience of going to see grumpy old women was just, which was, I mean, I was more or less the only man in the audience and, and the vagina monologues to a less extent because the vagina monologues is, is a, uh, I was, the only, serious, I was yeah. the only man in there, but it's very serious. But the the sound the audience made, it, it's, it's, you don't hear it because you don't usually have a group of middle-aged women all in one place. And to, when they're bonding and laughing together, that sound was was um, t- was slightly terrifying. It was it's terrifying. terrifying. It's terrifying. It was my, just, <laughs> yeah, my husband. I mean, even when it's good. I mean, vagina monologues is one of those. I mean, it's it, it's harrowing in 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 lots of respects um, because it is stories of abuse and it's story, among there are some laughs, but this is not like that. No, <laughs> this, we are full on from the <laughs> beginning, yeah, dancing and singing and you know and showing my pants, showing yeah. my you know that kind of thing. That's what we're heading for. But at the same time, um, my husband, when he goes to see, had seen it menopause one. I mean, I've done this few years. I'll be doing Zimmer, the musical, soon. <laughs> and um, he said, it's like chickens. He was up in the balcony and he would say, I'm, he's very Turkish, I'm doing my Turkish impression. I don't mean to offensive, be offensive, but he's my husband. Oh, darling, oh, darling, oh, darling. This is like I'm coming to a chicken house. Chicken house. So he's up in there, he's going, because they all go, wah, 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 And then they all go, wah, 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 because they're all nudging each other and going like this. So um, he said, going to women's shows is a bit like going to the chicken house, but it, it's empowering. Yeah, it is empowering, and I think it is. And it's crazy that that isn't that that doesn't happen more. You know, that, that it feels like an unusual experience. I suppose it has to be if I, for a man because for men to be there, they, they, that would ruin it in a way. But but it's you know, I think those shows, and they're always very. And this is a huge, as you say, a hugely successful huge franchise. Success. I mean, it's massively ridiculous. successful worldwide. Yeah. Success. It's in Australia. It's all over Europe. It's the, you can see Spanish versions of Menopause One. This Menopause Two is is new and u- unique. Um, but it, but menopause one is you know in Las Vegas and has been in Las Vegas for I think twenty five years or something. I mean it's it's ridiculously, um, particularly you know we've got four characters and none of the, the the female characters have proper names. So we've got I'm housewife. I know it's a stretch <laughs> for me. I don't do any housework actually, but you know housewife and they're soap star. So she's the very sexy one played by Susie, sexy Susie Fenwick, and she's very beautiful you, you know and she's fading uh, she doesn't look like she's fading to me <laughs> there's, there's things and um chrissy rock plays um the earth mother so she's trying to be in touch with her uh, inner zen when actually going through some tremendous mood swings at the same time and in character and she's um, very funny and uh nicola sharon as i call her uh, nikki french play who was did a Eurovision and things like that. That's what she's done. A principally singer. She's the professional woman. So she's the woman that sort of gave up looking after the children a bit to to, to do work, and then she's come around. So it's their individual stories, our individual stories, and um, 
Mine is, because um, I can see you're interested. Oh, yeah. Mine, <laughs> Mine is sexual awakening. That's, okay. my, that's my journey of character. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lester. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she, because she's always married one man, she's never really, you know, the sex was all right. She had children. But then she realises, well, I should be wanting something more. He dies in this one. That's not a spoiler alert if you're coming to, to Montford Hall down the road tonight at 7.30. And, <laughs> um, uh, you know, he dies and then she suddenly realizes there's got to be more. There's got to be more to life than yeah. sitting in and just, you know, thinking I've slept with one man in my life and snogged someone in the stationery cupboard in 1978. <laughs> that's her whole story. Yeah. Well, you know, again, it's the, I mean, I think that's... It's, it's weird that TV um, doesn't, you know, sort of tend... And in acting terms... Do you feel that, like, middle-aged women are sort of edged out of, of that a little bit? I mean, Nikki Clark does, is doing a campaign about acting your age and saying that, you know, people winning Oscars, well, female actors are getting increasingly younger and male actors are sort of... Yeah. Because still if you look at any of, them, any of those partners, they will find a, a sort of... Some, a man in his late 50s and the partner will be 30. Yeah. Pro probably the end that they will be is 33, 34. And it feels like that once you get to the end of your 30s and particularly over 14, 45 that you are not, a, you know, that you're not viable as a woman. And actually, I think, as uh, speaking for myself, uh, despite all the physical things that go wrong, that's when it gets interesting. I mean, that's when, as a woman, you think, I really don't give up anymore, really. What yeah. people, you know, in the same way, I don't have the same insecurities. I don't feel, I think you, and I think as, as women, I've done a lot of women's shows, um, I did Mum's the Word, which was again exploring motherhood at, at that time. Was it was it when we did it? What twenty five years before I even had children? No, it was when I had Fred had just had my one child eighteen years ago. And um, you you think that um, women um, get to this age and that all the insecurities that you have about other women suddenly disappear? As far as I'm concerned, I really do can see all the good things about women. And when you are in your 20s and 30s, you start when in your 20s as a woman, and I don't think I'm being disloyal to women, that, that, that there is competition uh, to get men and to, to look, you know, you know, the best that you can. Um, and then when you have children or don't have children, that's a decision that segregates people as well, you know, both viable, of course. Then if you choose to have children, then you're competitive at the school gates because then it's how are you bringing up your children. Everything, every single thing is about judgment. And I don't know whether that's the same for men. And you get judgment after judgment after judgment. And now we are meant to be 50 plus. We are meant to have, you know, these wonderful careers that we've forged, these fantastic, uh, you know, um, children, balanced children that we've managed to nurture through, these wonderful relationships with, uh, with our new men um and we're meant to look like sex goddesses and want sex until you know mm. until we seal up <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of our lives and that is what is expected of womanhood isn't yeah. it yeah i think it go is on, argue it's... with me go on well Tell me i don't not... <laughs> i've had you on because i agree with you that's the problem with my podcast is like you know yeah i know i think it's yeah i think it's 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 a really weird way that 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 happens and it's it's especially weird when you think that you know that it the audience at a theatre is going to be largely 
more of, uh, older women, isn't it? Yeah. And, and as you're yes, finding yes. out, there's a huge audience for it that women live longer yeah. uh, and, you know, are there longer. It's sort of weird that society kind of hides, hides all this away, that, yeah. that this change happens and then everyone's sort of too embarrassed to talk about it. And, and, and yeah, men don't become uh, as redundant. I think it, we, I was talking backstage to Joz uh, last week about, uh, <laughs> about, I think some men go a bit crazy in their middle age, you know, and because and, yes. and they've, they've lost their, maybe, it's not quite relevance, but they've, you know, they're no longer that, that centre of the world and they have to get used to, mm. to being like, slightly shifted away sometimes that men can go a bit mad, I think. Yeah, and you well, see, it's it, male menopause, it's midlife crisis is yeah. the same as as male menopause. It's that kind of you know wanting to re regain youth, wants it having yeah. virility and validity at, at that point yeah. of life, and, and and all of those things, absolutely. But society itself, I think, still still allows men to. Yeah. You know, have oh, a, I know. Have I think my point would also be that I think women do it to each other as well, and yeah. I and, and and I think when you get to the to, to the, the menopause shows or the older shows or whatever these shows at, at this age is that actually it is the journey of women deciding to look after each other in a real sense and and I know that a lot of you, you, you know our main bookings are groups of women that is you know you might get some woman who's dragging her husband along and to make a point but mainly <laughs> it will be <laughs> it does happen quite a lot that happens. <laughs> but um, it, it does happen that's main groups of women and then they suddenly go oh yes we do care about each other. So by the end, they are crying. They do cry. Yeah. They do clutch each other. They do, you know, that's not just the sight of me in my underwear. <laughs> that is literally from an emotional response. Yeah. And I think that is a big thing and a good thing in people that don't necessarily expect that to happen from going to Menopause the Musical 2 on tour <laughs> till 19th of June. Good. <laughs> well, people should definitely go. Uh, I'm not going to, but everyone else should. <laughs> No. <laughs> Have you ever? I don't think you ever. I think you've missed I all of I've my seen, shows. I've seen. I've saw. I went. To, you're a fantastic singer. Oh, you went, have. Done I've the seen you. I've seen your yes, amazing yes. solo singing. Yes, thank you. You can big uh, that up as much as you <laughs> want. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Let's talk about. Well, I think where people may remember you from uh, is Casualty, which you were in yes. for. For four or five years? Oh, I was, yes. Back yes. in the 1990s. You yeah, played. that's quite a long time, though. It isn't is. It, for these poor young people. I mean, some of them, a lot of them aren't that. Aren't that <laughs> yeah. some, of them, some of them are young. but uh, They look vibrant to me. Go my, on, show some vibrancy. Go on. No, nothing. My main <laughs> right. question about acting in Casualty is how did you cope with, you know, Charlie in Casualty? Hello, Charlie, your taxi's here. <laughs> I can do that. Okay, that's I can. Good. I can do it. Yeah, I, I only had about four lines each episode. I'm sorry, a triage nurse will be out to see you soon. That's another one, isn't it? Charlie, your taxi's here. Yeah. Um, what was it? Was another one? I never said anything very. You, the, you played the receptionist. You were very. It was a big role. Uh, and, it was a big role, yes. Um, and Char, but Charlie, the actor, he he plays. He looks Derek. over your shoulder when you when he. he always, no, we, no, no. Can we not? What's not he doing? We never will diss my Derek. Never. What's he doing? Never. He's the most. Gorgeous. I can't tell you what a lovely, <laughs> lovely man he is. Um, he, he would say, yeah. he's a very intelligent man, he's a lovely man, um, and very, very funny, very dryly funny. He's very funny. He says it's a character choice that yeah. in order that he made a choice years and years and years ago as a character that um, Charlie would, didn't like addressing people full on in the eyes and so that he looks away. He says that okay. at the time. I mean, I, I'm... 
I haven't spoken to him for a, a while. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's still the case or he's just yeah. got into the habit of it. But it was originally a character choice that there was so much emotional kind of thing in, and you do all this casualty. I mean, somebody dies every three seconds or <laughs> just about dies yeah. in the first two seconds. They worked out that someone could just about die in the first two seconds. They could keep people to keep watching casualty. Um, and that's how it works. So you've got to watch the first minute. If you can get through the first minute, oh, you're hooked. <laughs> in. And, but Derek, is, he is one of the loveliest. He's a great singer as well. He's a lovely singer and loves his music. Is, he still, does, is Casualty still going and is he still in it? Yes, I think he is. I don't think he has to do that many episodes anymore because he's sitting on these big piles of money. <laughs> don't say that. I'm sure he is on big bars of money. Well, he certainly was when I was on there. But it's a weird thing when you get because you wouldn't have expect he wouldn't have been expecting, and I'm sure you know, like you obviously uh, that a choice was made about how long you were going to be in the show for. Would you have stayed in forever, or would no, no, I, I, I stupid, I stupidly <laughs> decided to leave. Yeah, damn, last that. Um, no, I decided to leave, so I could have stayed at yeah. that point. I mean, whether they would have got rid of me or not. My, we came in in a, a gang with Rebecca Lacey, who you yeah. also work with and, and know, um, and uh, Claire Goose. Yes. And so there was the, uh, Jonathan, I don't know, he was already there. There was like a group of us that came in together, and we had the best time, the most best time, and they are, you know, you know Rebecca Lacey is still one of, probably one of my closest, closest friends. And... When she left, and then Claire left, and then you think, oh, it's just me hanging on for the money. I mean, for, for the group. So I think at the time, you just say, oh, there's something out there. And yeah. indeed, you know, you can't stay doing the same thing. I literally had given birth on television. That was one of my storylines in a petrol station in Temple Meads. <laughs> the only time on a night shoot when there was a lot of people seemed to want to come round. <laughs> And Vincenzo Pellegrino was between my legs and they said, oh, do you want some um, special knickers so he doesn't have to see anything? I said, no, no, let him see it. <laughs> let him see it. Come on, we know each other well enough now. So I had that. I'd had two singles um, and I had a, a music contract with BBC Worldwide and done an album with BBC Worldwide and I just thought, if this is the time, not because I thought I'd be launched into being a big star, but actually you sort of... I didn't want to become, you know, one of those people that just comes in and, and does it because that was an easy way of making money. I wanted to go off and do other things. And sure. indeed, I did lots more singing and, yeah. and all the things that you have talked about. So. But yeah, but it's... But it's an, and also, there's no way of knowing that no. a show is going to go on <laughs> forever. Like, with no. you, if you go to casualty, but it might be a series, it might yeah. be 20 yeah. years. It's kind of crazy that something's gone for something. And it is, it's an interesting... I think it's an interesting choice to decide to stay, and I can understand why people do stay, but... If you, you've all, almost, you're with someone like uh, William Roach and, yeah. and with Charlie from Casual Den, I'm not calling him by any other name. Uh, <laughs> but they, you know, that's, they've almost been the character long <laughs> as much as well, they've been themselves. You well, know, so. absolutely. And, you know, and I suppose you either decide to, I mean, when I was there, he was always going to say he was going to leave and everything um, if he didn't like the producers or anything. But he, he has a great loyalty to the show. He, he is one of those people who isn't just there for the money, although it does help everybody, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, but he does really, he's a, he's a very generous actor and he does sort of care about it. And I thought, how can you keep caring, really? <laughs> and that's, I think, why I left, because I was spending too much time taking the piss up. Charlie, your taxi's here. Or finding out I had 
very big nails and how many nails I could get into shop because they'd cost me money. So I thought, is that a five nail, four nail shop, three nail shop? And you think, you know, life is over. How, how many files that you could write on, draw rude pictures on and pass them to people in shop, you know, like a schoolgirl. That all happens, or well, did. And you left, and then you got a role on Time Gentleman Please, the fantastic sitcom Time Gentleman did Please. Did I? Right? Sorry, what pardon? <laughs> did I? Yes. And you exploded me or set me on fire. Oh, you did get you? blown up, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you did get, I did get blown up. I was a love interest, though, so <laughs> it was quite nice. Your love interest of Al Murray got blown up, and then you went to hospital, you were in hospital. You and, blow, we had, you... and we had a character who was played by Trevor Locke, who was looking over everyone's shoulder in a weird way, but no one ever got that joke. You put me in a... F- <laughs> you put me in a full plaster cast, didn't I did, you? Yeah. 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 That was nice, wasn't yeah, it? It was nice. You? It was fun. I spent one episode with my bosoms up and the next just completely <laughs> incarcerated. That was it. Oh, well, thanks for the opportunity. It was a good thing. That's one of my favourite episodes. The first one where you get blown up is one of my favourite episodes. Thanks. It's called A Date with Density. It was den- Date with Density. <laughs> As you kept telling me at the time. But it is called a date with density. Do you get it? I said, yeah, a date with density. Yeah, I get it. Thanks. It's different times. I, I was could, crying inside. I was crying inside. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> that's what I wanted. <laughs> well, look, can I talk? Because you, you talk. can I talk about your, your weight loss? You have. A weight loss and then it's back on well, again. Well, it's back on again. But <laughs> it's that's not what all on. It's, it's what not all. Thought. No, well, no. It's, but it was this... I don't like the way he does this. He's going, he's trying to be, but he's trying to be nice and at the same time he's going... <laughs> so if you could see Look. his little swivelly, his little rat-like swivelly yeah. eyes looking like that. It, going, mm. it is me talking to you, so we're in, yeah. the, we're in the same boat, but it's... Um, well, but my, boat, you were, my boat is bigger than yours. You were, I'm just saying. My, well, I don't have... I have a little sailor. Um... <laughs> Um, he's only got one life, boy. <laughs> you know, I really don't want to think about that. Really don't want to think about it. And I can tell you that most of this audience don't want to think about they that either. All, they're all thinking about my... They're, they're laughing, but with a sort of like a pity laugh. Like, you don't want to get that. You don't want to go down there. You were the Slimming World Woman of the Year. You got, had an exercise DVD out. Have you seen that? Have you done I did. that exercise? I watched some yeah. of it. Did you? I did. Oh, well, it was the, what was online. But it was a you've sp- got to get out more. I know you've got the kids I in did down. It for the if you're see- if you're down in, you, what to see what I look like? No, don't, now I'm thinking, researching you. Oh, she put on you. You look a bit. Look, I've always thought you look amazing. You looked. You were more amazing. Slimy little. <laughs> um, I know you. You've always been gorgeous. Thank Either you. Way. You have to say that now because the whole audience is against you. I tell you, go and watch, audience. go and watch Time Gentleman, please. Date with density, <laughs> and tell me that's not a gorgeous woman. But you lost. How much did you, you lost? Like, why did we, we were, uh, yeah. Because it's interesting. Because I lost, I lost twelve stone. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I, <laughs> see, <laughs> nah, is he having yeah, some kind of fit? See, there's someone creepier than me in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Braver than you. I mean, that's it's the losing it. Then it's it's just you're turned on by the 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 stuff that's gone, right? That's it. That's <laughs> We could get that. Or the stuff it. that remains. <laughs> we could get that. So we go, hey, oh, hey, oh. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I did, lo- I was completely obsessed though in, yeah. about losing weight. I mean, I'm talking about this seriously because um, 
you know, you do think that you'll get to... I mean, and, and when I was quite thin, um, I did think, oh, the world will open up to, you know, different jobs or different opportunities or different things. You know, my I had my husband. I married a Turkish man. He really... Darling, you are beautiful. This size, you're beautiful. And then I said, lost weight, and he said, oh, time for a change. You know, he doesn't mind to <laughs> lock the windows, shut the door. That's what he actually says. That's a real thing. I've given you a real insight into our life. Lock the window, shut the door. Do you know what that means? That means we're going to have sex. Yeah, because I thought they might need explaining. Yeah. So I lost Why all that weight. Why'd you have to lock the window? What's he worried about coming in? <laughs> I don't is he know. worried, is he worried about know. you getting out or someone coming no. in? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or just steaming it up to such a point that... that uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, you lose all this weight, and I was obsessed, and I thought that, that the world would open up and become a different place, and of course it doesn't because I was a middle-aged woman of the same size as every other woman. <laughs> middle-aged woman is like a size sort of fourteen, um, and there's a lot of them about because a lot of women, you know, spend a lot of time trying to be smaller or try to look like something. And indeed, I'd like to be healthier now. I do think. That. I think that's a good thing. Do I want to be as obsessed? I mean, I literally got to the point where if you would say, oh, we'll go out for something to eat, I'd start going, um, where are we going? Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't really drinking, which, as you know, is an unnatural <laughs> position for me. I wasn't drinking. I uh, would get uh, quite shaky if somebody just asked if you were going to go out for a meal. It would make me feel a bit jittery and say, no. and that's not a way to be either no. um and that you think that you know every every single thing that you eat is some kind of um validation or some kind of test and you don't you know that's not good either i would like to be halfway between there and here <laughs> in reality and being honest yeah. um but you know life gets in the way you know and you go through things the things that you know everyone here would go through and you know elderly parents and you know uh, my stepfather had Parkinson's and things like that and you just think oh, I just I, I just can't deal with that thing this thing this thing um, and you either channel it and become a different person so unless you unless you you have to want it all the time yeah to be to be thin if you have you know you have to want it all the time and I generally want a glass of white wine or a gin and tonic <laughs> at the end of I don't really drink that much anymore not compared to I do and that's the lead, you know, that they're triggers for all kinds of things. Yeah. So I'd like to be healthier. I don't think I'm any example, but it is a journey that you seem to wish to talk about. So I'm well, talking. I'm just saying, because it's the same for me. And I mean, and, I, and it's interesting to, you know, because it's, because it was such an extreme change. Yeah. And, you know, I, I sort of feel better <laughs> yes. you, that you've gone back the other way. <laughs> I, can, I do, but I do. But I know that's sort of weird, but. It feels makes more, you feel better about makes, yourself, no, does it? It? <laughs> it makes me feel better, but it makes no. It makes, I think it's more you as well. But but I think it's got to it's got to be about your personal happiness, right? So yeah. So and it, you know, I lost some weight because I was I was worried about dying. Yeah. <laughs> and but worried about dying, so I meant I want to stay healthy. But you know, to to maintain it is really really difficult. Yeah, that's the hardest bit because you've got to you know you've done you think you're going to go through some big tunnel and you go through the tunnel. And I did, you know, and 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 I was proud of myself for that for that journey but I was so so strict with myself that you that you can't do a middle path and actually the middle path is the right and people say oh you should just eat in moderation and eat this and I and I don't think that I 
eat particularly badly, but I do eat what I, you know, I have eat what I want. There's no way of yeah. going around that. I'm not saying, oh, you know, I've had three lettuce leaves and a tomato and look at my, my fat ass. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I definitely have been near a donut because Chrissy Rock buys them and puts them in my dressing room. <laughs> and she says, I'm just leaving them here with a very thick Scouse accent. I'm just leaving them here. I go, hmm, but they're going to go near my mouth. <laughs> Right. I'm going to ask you about uh, if you were put into a chrysalis. I've got a new emergency question. What would you like to what, come out can, of what, the other excuse side? Excuse me, of? I need to ask some questions about this yeah. chrysalis. Is it a big chrysalis? It's, a it's chrysalis. a chrysalis. You'll go in. Of my imagination. Apparently you'll melt. I'll melt You'll first. melt. Rebecca Wheatley will melt away. Into a, like a pool. Yeah. And then you'll be and reborn as anything you want to be reborn. Will be left. And then I'll become The clothes out. will be part of the chrysalis. Naked. You'll come out. You can come out or with clothes, clothes if you on. want. You can have clothes on if you want. And do I have to be a animal or can I be a bird? Be anything. You can be anything you want. Mm. It's a very difficult question. It is difficult. I could be Farrah Fawcett Majors. I don't want to be Farrah. Don't, don't okay. take my first answer or somewhere like that. You know, somebody... I think you always look at somebody in your, like, in your childhood that you want to be like. But actually, really, I think I'd like to be Bruce Springsteen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I think Bruce Springsteen would be a nice thing to be. Yeah. I think he's got quite a good, good life. I think his last album was very good. And Born to Run, I don't think I really am. Born to Wobble, maybe, a bit, <laughs> but like that. And, um, yeah, can I be Bruce Springsteen yeah. when I come out? When is this going to happen? Do you want to go can back to... Do you want to be Bruce Springsteen now or do you want to go back to be I baby Bruce Springsteen and live his entire life? Baby Bruce. Yeah. No, I think I'd like to be him not quite now. right. Although, hmm, he's quite nice now, isn't he? Yeah. He is quite nice, isn't he? I mean, the trouble is I'm being him, not having him, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Unless there were two little chrysalises and I could come back as Farrah Fawcett Majors and he could be Bruce Springsteen, okay. but he's mine. Okay. Double? I'll allow that. I'm going to Thank allow you. it. Thank you. It's a new, it's a new, it's a new question. I'm going to allow it. <laughs> I'm going to allow it. Um, good. Uh, I'll... Uh, well, uh, you do. I can ask you about being in pantos. You do quite panto quite a lot. How's how does, how does that work out? What are you? How does that work out? How does that work out for you? Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. I'm a good fairy. Can't yeah, you yeah. see? <laughs> like that. Ping. Yeah, panto. Actually, I mean, I quite enjoy panto because it's. Uh, they never ever see me as an evil person. I've done it a few times. I'm always the good fairy, which is nice, isn't it? To be good and magical and to be a mythical creature for too many weeks of the year to a lot of screaming children um but um yeah i quite i quite enjoy it i think it's the most honest work that you can do as an actor i'm saying that slowly and deliberately like i'm making some great statement but um i think it's a really honest work i mean it's the hardest work it, i mean menopause musical too is hard work because we move you know we'll be in Stevenage tomorrow and there will be a Morven on Monday or Tuesday. You know, we, we, we move really quickly. But in pantomime, it's really hard. Um, but it, you know, I, I'm not somebody that adores Christmas and thinks Christmas is wonderful, but I do enjoy the time of year and people come into the theatre that don't normally come into the theatre and that starts off, uh, uh, you know, a, a relationship with live theatre. Mm -hmm. So if I was being serious about like that, otherwise it's very nice big sparkly frock lots of sparkles on the face mythical creature don't swear there's children <laughs> hey. 
And is it, do you, because do you, I've, you know, you sort of imagine, it's because it's, it's such a high intensity job, right? Because you're often doing yeah. three, maybe two or three oh, shows. I don't do the three ones. No, two a day? No, I'd go insane. I yeah. wouldn't know where I was. <laughs> Which, I'd be, you know, I'd be up the beanstalk totally. Do you, but yeah. Do you have a? Is it? Is there a social life? Because it's often there's there's big stars and you've worked with um, Mark uh, Little. Are you talking about Mark, Mark Little? Little. Little. <laughs> I wasn't going to say him. Yeah, I was going to no, say Mark. Lily Savage. Oh yeah, Lily. Uh, yeah, I've worked with um, Paul, Paul. Yes, I mean Paul is amazing. He's he's you know he's he's amazing. You don't get much to do on stage with Paul because obviously he will take every laugh out of everything, and he is such an you know wonderful performer an electrifying performer that he gets, you know, he could get a laugh out of absolutely anything. Mark Little was one year, which is quite crazy, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, there's lots of... It's, it's not just that. It's it's about, um, you know, you, you, you bind together and there is a social life. I don't do that so much. No. Now, that's sad, isn't it? That's really boring <laughs> of me, isn't it? No, it's... I, I just... I'm kind of... I'm having started to go to them again now I've got little kids. Yeah. I'm kind of quite fascinated. And by do they love them? Do they? they do, well, they do. You know, the good one. There was a very good one, local one, which was a professional one, yeah. like, but you know, in Welling Garden City, but not with celebrities. Yeah. But it was really good, and they were yeah. really into it. Then we went to see um, Panto Land, which isn't really a panto; it's a sort of variety show at the. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Palladium. that big one with Julian Carey and yeah. all of that lot. That, that seems it's two hundred pounds a ticket. It was. Oh, yeah, it was. It wasn't that much, really, too much. It was money. a lot, but yeah. You're too they, much you have to pay the same for the kids, isn't it? That's I fair. know. Little, yeah. Not fun, is it? And especially if they want a wee straight yeah. when you miss half of it because you had to take them out. <laughs> you know. Yes, I mean, I think I think that's a different thing. I think the big, you know, Michael Harrison puts on the, all those the, the big things and they put one on at Birmingham and then, and they're different and and of course they're spectacular, but they are star-led pantos. And um, I mean, I have worked with, you know, famous-ish people-ish people. But um, I think it's about the about the family. And if your kids like it, my, my son loved it. I mean, he screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed. And, you know, like one of those big sponge thumbs that he could go up and down and he'd want to be on stage. So yeah. if children like it. And, and I've just done Mansfield, which isn't that far from me, a couple of hours from me. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> You've obviously been to Mansfield, haven't you? Yeah. It's that bad. It is bad. Mansfield is bad. Lovely people, but oh, it's rough. It's rough. Um, but, uh, you know, we have, it's what, a 600-seater sold out, and there would be, you know, 590 children each show. Yeah. And the decibels, not for this show, but certainly for one of the shows that I did there, was 110 decibels. <laughs> 110 decibels. That is a really loud amount of noise. Yeah. And that's just people screaming at the... You know, Jack and the Beans. Mark Little was on that year, so it might have been him. But, you know, <laughs> doing a Taylor Swift song. You can imagine that, can't you? You all want to go home and, and think about that. Yeah. yeah. I do. I'm just thinking about it. I was thinking about Michael Barrymore singing, uh, well, rapping to... Uh, I'll, I'll see you when you get there. Someone did a video of it the other day on, on Twitter with him... You remember there was a rap, I think it was, do you remember the rap version? I'll see you when I get there. And then there was a rap version. Was there any tune involved? Because I couldn't find no. it either. <laughs> oh, no, that was the, they had a nice people singing that, but then he, he did a rap in between Michael Barrymore. It's worth checking out, is what I'm going to say. It's the most... <laughs> Richard Herring recommends. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. I'm going to ask you another emergency question. Yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? I... 
I sort of do believe in that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I thought you would. I don't... <laughs> do you? Yeah. That's why I asked. I, I mean, have I actually seen when I can't... I can't, you know, I think I've... I think I've definitely um, felt that there was... You're going to laugh at me so much. This. I do. I believe. No, I'm I believe very interested. In it. I believe in it. I've got I ghosts in my house, so it's fine. Have you? Yeah. Have you? Though you're just sleep deprived. Yeah, it's mainly because <laughs> you haven't got. We small used to children. hear. We used to hear a crying baby in the house that wasn't our baby. We both would hear it though. No neighbours or anything. No. Um, and our had... house used to be a hospital. Um. Yeah. Well, we did a, a, a kind of séance thing at Mansfield a few years ago, on that Mark Little year that we did Panto. And um, they did, I did feel a presence of, um, we did the board and there was somebody on this board. And it was supposedly somebody, uh, a stage crew who had committed suicide. Right. In the, and that was his wing. And he was sending messages through me to this. I do, I, you know, I, I do believe it. I'm going to tell this story now and you're not going to believe it at all. So... Again, on another tour. I was, went on tour and I went to... Um, I feel like I'm going to be cursed with this story. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I went on tour and um, we were going to see... Um, uh, we were doing menopause with um, Cheryl Ferguson. And Cheryl and I said we were in Lincoln, and we, uh, who I, I've worked many times at Lincoln, the Theatre Royal Lincoln. Um, I said, look, it was a day off. We're going to go and see something. And we went to a psych, psychic because I could just... I know the box office free tickets. And the second half of this... Um, I can't believe I'm telling this story. Second <laughs> off, we had uh, many of the Nolans in the show. I've worked with many Nolans. Linda Nolan was in that show, and then I worked with her sister Maureen for many years you know, ago. So, I've, and uh, I've worked with Bernie. And the second half of this, this woman said, whoever the psychic was, I have a message for blah, blah, blah. And she talked in great detail about this person. And she said, if this person is for you, you will know. And um, it was uh, Bernie Nolan had come to talk to right. me. And she did go through details of the show, being as, we, you know, that is not on any YouTube, that are not, she said, Bernie wants you to do this. There was a, a section of the show um, where I play the drums and then I do this with my, on my backside. So to show how great that I play the drums, it's just a silliness. And um, she said, she's saying, to me to do this action I don't know what it means I've got to take a run up she says like this and she said go for it girl she also in this show <laughs> makes me sound like I'm some kind of real poor porn thing in this show the, this show will never tour again in this country for a long time anyway so I, I'm not spoiling anything I do this orgasm as part of my sexual awakening which is like a three octave orgasm that's what I do this poor psychic <laughs> is in the middle. She doesn't know any of this. She says, I don't know what this is, but she seems to be going, oh. She said, maybe you're singing very high. I said, no, I know exactly what this is. You don't have to do anything. So she said that Bernie Nolan had sent a message, and I believe it. Okay. Did she have anything useful to say, or just did she tell you she, stuff that you'd already done? I'm, <laughs> did she like tell you which? Did he's she cynical, tell you what? Did she he's tell cynical. you what religion is the right one? That would be not only is he creepy about fat, <laughs> fat girls, he's cynical as well. Cynical and creepy. It's not nice. It's not attractive. Didn't, didn't give you any information about the other side. I tell you what she said. Yeah. She said, "Don't go on with if, her as to 
She said these words, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to say it even though you're going to take the piss. Okay. She said, if you do not sing, you will lose your soul. Oh. That was her message. Yeah. I thank you. <laughs> and that's what, what was the message. So, I, you know, listen, I believed it. I've written it all down, and then I had to go and tell Linda Nolan her dead sister had come to me, which wasn't quite an easy conversation. <laughs> she said, oh, yeah, 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 I believe she has, and that was that. That's good. I mean, that's pretty good compared to most of the ghost stories we get on here. So, I'm... I mean, it's got one of the notes. It's got. I mean, I, I have more. I think details. the best. No, the best. I like her the best as well out of Who? all the notes. Bernie. Oh, Bernie. She's, she yeah. was the best one. She was the best one. She, I mean, no offense well, to the no, others. No offense to the others. Although Maureen is. You got to say that because you know she's haunting you. So you got to say she's the best. Yeah, one. she is. And we do do a Nolan song in this show, so it's, she's going to doubly, doubly, doubly. <laughs> <laughs> doubly, doubly haunt me now. Because the psychic said, uh, and she, she said, uh, Bernie wants you to know she's on that stage with you this evening. And I said, tell her to fuck off. Because <laughs> if she's on that stage, no one else will get in a word in edgeways. <laughs> because um, she's a great performer, a wonderful singer. Anyway, there's lots of details that I bore you with, but we'll be here till tomorrow if I no, keep it's telling good. you. It All the weird. details to prove my story is completely true okay. and real. I, I believe in all... Uh, Fairy, I believe, I believe in, all in all angels. <laughs> I don't think they're crooks at all, those people. So it's, <laughs> it's fine. You don't think them? You I don't, don't think, I think that? I think they're all, all those mediums. You don't all, think they're that? They're all for real. They're all for real. They're, they're what? Yeah, it's not what? Well, if it's brought you happiness, yeah, then yeah. it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. doesn't matter if I'm right or you're right. Yeah. It always matters that I'm right. You <laughs> I'm, know that. I'm right. Since you made the creepy fat... Since you said the creepy fat things, every, I'm, I'm yeah, going to be yeah, right forever side. now. I did that so to get them on side for you. I'm very, <laughs> oh, I'm very generous. Very, very generous. My favourite thing about your Wikipedia page... Oh, I haven't looked that, at that for... <laughs> I know, no one's looked at it for a while, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's that uh, it ends, the last thing it says is on the 30th of January, 2000... I mean, it's not like that detail, right? It's a, it's a, it's a couple of... It's a few paragraphs. And this is, this is what, if, if you die now, this is the last thing that will be. <laughs> on the 30th of January 2014, she incorrectly stated on the right stuff that homosexuality is banned in Australia. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> it says on Wikipedia. Well, I don't even know, how do you correct those things? Do you have to go I can in go, and correct I can it? edit it for you. What did you say? Why did, did you put that in there? No, I didn't put that in there. I just find that funny out of all the things. It's like, this, it mentions I, everything you've done, but then someone's gone and gone, right. right. <laughs> she said, did, it, did I say that? I mean, you said you were very, you said you were very uh, pro-gay rights and everything like that. Of course. And then, but then added... They saved a, me. It seems, an odd, <laughs> it seems an odd thing to add at the end of that. I, di I didn't know that was there, and I don't think that I'd said that. What, what? I'm sure I didn't say that. Okay. Don't fold your hands it if you're in, gonna, in the I've priesthood got you, or something. I've got you. It's my gotcha. <laughs> I, I don't think I said that. I said that we're struggling. I think I was talking about international gay rights okay. generally, because I'm the trustee of a of a charity called the Paul Cottingham Trust, which is about uh, who uh, and we do work for you know not only um, to help uh, equality but also to help internationally. So I think if I said anything, which I really can't remember. Cause Quite a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I think I would say that that we that there would be rights internationally, and that would okay. probably be as 
Boris. Citation think... needed. As I'm going to go and put citation, citation needed. needed. Is that what happens? If, you, if there's no... Not so, liar, liar, pants on no, fire. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm going to put citation needed. Please get in touch with the clip so that I can the see clip. Rebecca Wheatley saying... <laughs> saying this. this. It seems such an odd thing to put... I anyway, I even if you had said there. it, was there any controversy about you saying homosexuality? Was Only for that one person. <laughs> that one person is furious <laughs> and they've gone on. It isn't banned, is it? No. <laughs> well, according to this, it says incorrectly. Any Australians in? No. No, because they've, been, they've all been banned. They've banned it. <laughs> you've only got one that's been to Mansfield and that's not that far away. <laughs> when you've got King Richard III, you don't need to go anywhere, do you? That's it, you've got that. It's the last thing you need. Um, Terrific. Look, I think we're going to have to let you go and do yeah, your actual show. Do my actual show, which yeah. is uh, is fancy. That's at six, seven o'clock. Seven. What did you say? Seven thirty, I think tonight. So if anyone wants to come again, and then we're touring home. till June Tour. everywhere, yeah. and we go Ireland. We do a month in Ireland and Scotland and all these other places. So yeah. go on the website for the menopause is or something like that. Yeah. Thank you. That's all right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause. The amazing Rebecca Wheatley. Thank you very much. Thank you. Please give some money to Scope if you feel like it. I'll see you again. Thank you. I love you really, Lester. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Rebecca Wheatley. Thank you very much to Scant Regard. They played the theme tune to this show, as you may be aware. I'm indebted to my director and friend Chris Evans not that one I'm indebted to George Lingford for his fantastic sound recording advice and brilliance thank you to everyone at the Y Theatre in Leicester for looking after us so well thank you to everyone at the Leicester Comedy Festival where these shows were recorded and this is a Skype Toto Fuzz and Go Faster production we're doing loads more live shows we'd love to see you at one or you can get the uh live streaming for the Leicester Square Theatre ones. Go to richardherring.com slash gigs for all the details on the upcoming shows. gfsboxoffice.com if you would like to see the videos of the shows we've already done, uh, this series, and the live streams of the shows that are to come.